0: Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your
1: stay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And uh, we're just fresh out of uh, BlizzCon this weekend. Which yeah,
2: BlizzCon was awesome. Um, we did a Heroes of the Storm
1: brawl. It was called an exhibition match. It was called a celebrity showdown. I don't know if it was a match. It was more like a beating. (laughs) It was a beating. It was a, it was a savage punch. We got bear punched.
2: I mean, it was cool. I've never played um, any video games in front of. I mean, how many people were live? Probably thousand.
1: Yeah, thousands on the Twitch,
2: and then. on Twitch, I heard there was like thirty to forty thousand people watching. Yeah, there's probably a thousand people watching us in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just live. In the like on stage with literally a thousand people like staring at
1: you as you play, like I've never experienced that before. We had headsets that were daisy chained to each other so we could hear each other. It we felt like pro gamers, yeah, except for the part where we actually play good, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we we fulfilled. (laughs) We got like 80% of the way there. It was cool cuz every even. time
2: something would happen in the
1: game that the
2: whole crowd would cheer Right, like
1: you couldn't hear anything through the headphones and
2: all of a sudden you just hear this roar of yeah, it's the like crowd. Yeah, it was a rumble. Yeah. yeah. unfortunately most of the time they were cheering <laughs> was because I was dying.
1: Or yeah, is anytime that I saw my ex- character explode, I heard a cheer and I was like, I guess that's kind of for me.
2: <laughs> They're cheering at you
1: yeah i Friday got a couple of polls with stitches and we heard some like woos. yeah so that was yeah. kind of cool it was um, fun it was totally fun uh we know, got to de- debut a couple of new characters yeah yeah a new map for the game yeah what i didn't like though is that i didn't get to pick up my commander 2014 decks on friday because we were at blizzcon yeah i know <laughs> I, uh
2: i still haven't picked mine up because we just got back and I, right after we record this going to get
1: them gotta get them I want to get them. Uh, so, we're going to continue our review of the decks. So far, we've done black and green, and today we are going to address white and red. All the right. aggro colors. These yep. are my colors right here.
2: Uh, these decks, well, I guess we're going to talk about them, but red looks particularly awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think white is really strong too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both it- have a good identity yeah yeah I think they're they they did a really good job, like we said last week of building around uh, the color theme of the uh, the mm-hmm. decks. so uh, we'll get more into that. Um, is there anything else we should announce before we just jump in? that nope, that's a no. that's a no. <laughs> Go out and uh, try and get these commander decks if you can. Uh, remember mass retail outlets'll also have them at MSRP so yeah major retailers, major probably your retailers. Best yeah anyway, so we're gonna start with the white deck. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you tell us what this deck's all about?
2: Okay, so I did the statistical breakdown similar to last episode. Uh, again, it's not comprehensive. I did it quickly, so my numbers may be like one or two off, but they're close. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so the white deck, uh, I listed everything in categories. So it has about three cards that are either Wrath or Mass Removal. It has about four cards that are Single Target Removal. has about five Ramp cards uh, that Ramp your Mana, five or so card draw cards. Um then there are sixteen cards that make tokens. Babouche. Yeah. Wonder what that's this deck's about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big um alert of, that this deck is is trying to do something. Yeah. There's um one card that has equipment matters. Actually there's two cards that are equipment matters, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then there's eleven equipment in the deck. So that's <laughs> that's a lot. And then there are I wanted to list three creatures with double strike or that grant double strike because I think that also has to do with the equipment. Yeah. So there's really... You can sort of think of it as there are five creatures or things that say, oh, equipment matters. Right. To go along with that 11 uh, different equipment. So, I mean, the 16 token generating cards sort of really stand out Mm -hmm. as like, hey, this is going to be a deck that wants to make a lot of tokens. And usually token decks are like, going to make a ton of stuff and then attack you with a horde of little dudes yeah. and you can only block a few of them and it's they, not overrun, enough, and they you. overrun you yeah, yeah. similar
1: to the green deck in that matter
2: yeah exactly um this deck has less sort of mass like pump all your guys stuff and uh, green's obviously better at that than white is in general but white still has a lot of stuff throughout the history of magic to pump its whole team and so it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit weird they don't have a lot of
1: like you know a sanctified charge kind of thing yeah
2: i mean there's there's a couple but there's not uh as many as i would expect yeah i think the equipment sort of standing in for some of that i guess
1: yeah it, it feels slightly split because equipment can of course only attach to one creature and you're trying mm-hmm. to make a bunch of creatures with the deck so i think it's partially because of the the commander options they have in the deck and also just because it it, it does kind of dilute the deck i think a little bit yeah but I it mean, also I, gives it a second out because there are some big creatures that you can stack this onto and get in for some big damage true try, you know?
2: I, I i like uh, I think you're exactly right when you say it dilutes it. So so moving forward, yeah, that's something I would look at. I, I think that in order for the deck to be really good, you have to sort of make a choice. Yeah. And it feels like tokens, you're just closer to, with you know, right out of the box, yeah. this being a token deck, than you are to this being an equipment deck.
1: Yeah, and I think equipment is easier to swip around, swip around, swap around to another deck. You so. can swip it around, too.
2: <laughs> swip it at people.
1: Yeah, so if you buy another deck and you were like, well, I wish I had some sweet equipment in here. It's like, well, look at this white deck. It's got all these extra equipment that I can play because they're all artifacts. There you go. Yeah, there, there you go. go.
2: Um, okay, so do we want to talk about the commanders that come? Yeah, let's uh,
1: let's start off in alphabetical order with Giselle Goldmane. Uh two and two white for four total CMC, a legendary creature cat warrior. A lot of cats actually. I think white is a uh, definitely a cat cat tribal decks. Shout out to our
2: friend Erica who loves cats.
1: Meow. Uh, and it's a 4-4 four, four with first strike, and it has 3 and 2 white in uh, activated ability. A cat in creatures, you control, get plus X, plus X, until end of turn, where X is the number of attacking creatures.
2: A catting creatures, I a like that. A cat creatures, yeah. Because they're cats. Get it. Kitties
1: all over the place. That's um, not bad. It's an it's an overrun on his actual character that costs one more than his casting cost. So you will definitely be able to do this to turn after you cast him uh, if you are playing on, you know, on ramp, I guess. Yeah, you
2: could even do it if you had a lot of mana the turn that you cast him because yeah. he costs four and then for another five you can give all your stuff like pump it huge. Yeah. I think this is we're gonna talk about the rest. Um well let's let's read Nahiri next actually just because Yeah definitely I think this is the choice between the two legendary creatures you want to go with uh, to helm the deck. Mm-hmm. So Nahiri the Lithomancer, she's a planeswalker um, three and two white for a three loyalty planeswalker. Um, she can be your commander her plus two is put a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token onto the battlefield, and you may attach an equipment you control to it. Ooh. So this Dang. is similar. I mean, Nahiri looks exactly like the Stoneforge Mystic. I yeah.
1: Think. I think they're in the same clan. Uh, or as maybe what she the... just
2: is the same person. Either way, yeah. it's similar, but you can't go... It's not as broken. You can't go search your deck for it. <laughs> yeah. So it's...
1: I mean, but this is still great because there is some equipment that costs six to equip her. Yeah, true. So...
2: Yeah, and you you can break it because, as we know, cheating mana costs uh, is a way to break magic. And so it has to be on the battlefield under your control, but then you equip for free. Uh, Her minus two is you put an equipment card from your hand or your graveyard onto the battlefield. That's solid. Yeah, that's pretty good. So now you can minus two her to put something expensive on, and Mm. then the next turn, minus plus plus two two her to equip it. To equip it, Yeah, yeah. So. That's
1: cheating. Mana cost cost twice. Now you are equipping it onto a one one white core soldier token. True, but, true. You know if there's there's some equipment that doesn't matter who it's equipped to, it just needs to be able to swing and deal combat damage, like the sword series. You know. Yep, exactly. Um, and then her minus ten. So you've got a
2: plus to her a bunch of times. Uh, put a colorless equipment artifact token named Stone Forged Blade onto the battlefield. It has indestructible, and it says equipped creature gets plus five plus five and has double strike and you can
1: equip it for zero. So it keeps with the equip theme that... It creates
2: you, a super equipment.
1: Yeah, super equipment. Like, it's think if that was a card.
2: Indestructible. Oh, no, the
1: uh, the car, the equipment is indestructible. Yeah. But yeah. double strike plus five plus five is huge.
2: And it equips for zero.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: if that was a card, that would be, like, a crazy broken <laughs> card yeah. because it's like, yeah, you. I don't know what the casting cost would be, but it gives double strike plus five plus five and it equips for zero? Yeah, that's pretty
1: intense. And you can pretty much never get rid of it. Yeah um but for an ultimate that costs negative 10 yeah if you count it out it's she's going to go three to five seven nine eleven so it's going to take you four turns to get and then her on the fifth turn you have to alter yeah so. but you won't die from it if she hasn't been touched a single time which That's is true definitely not going to happen someone's going to swipe at her or i don't know lightning bolt at her <laughs> they could do any number of things to take that number down I mean, um, we've said
2: this before. I don't think you can play these any of the Planeswalkers. You can't play them because of
1: their ultimate. Yeah, absolutely. You
2: have to look at it like, well, if I get that ultimate, it'll be awesome, but I have to sort of assume I'm not going to, and yeah. then say, well, is the card still good if I don't use the ultimate? Mm-hmm. And this card's still pretty good.
1: Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, the last option for, deck, uh, for the commander is Kemba, Ka Regent, who is 1 and 2 white. So for 3 total, it's a 2-4 Cat Cleric. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a 2-2 white Cat Creature token onto the battlefield for each equipment attached to Kemba, Ka Regent. So this is... Like we said, the deck is
2: a little bit um, disjointed. There's two ways to go. There's tokens and there's equipment. And right now it's sort of split down the middle, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit leaning more towards token. But if you decided to make the deck into an equipment deck, Kimba would be your best choice as commander. definitely. And Kimba does make tokens, so it's not completely outside. It's
1: just... She's definitely playable in the deck, especially if you get her and Tahiri out, and then you can just start swinging some equipment onto her um and we're not going to advocate like totally changing the deck you know
2: like i think most people they want to get the deck they want to sort of make a few cosmetic changes and then over time change it a lot Mm -hmm. so at first it's going to be really hard to just take out all the equipment take out kemba totally go token that just requires a massive makeover yeah so
1: so yeah i i think jazal to me is the one that i would use yeah i agree um just because i mean I think his ability to give you overrun in a deck that doesn't necessarily have it out of the box is really important, too, because that's going to be a big win condition if you're able to put all those tokens on the battlefield. Outside of, like... Because if you're not doing commander damage, then the whole equip one guy and make him really big isn't as effective, because now you have to do 40 instead of 21. That's a really good point, too. If you have Nahiri you can't do commander damage, right? Yeah. A planeswalker can't attack
2: anybody, so they can't do commander damage. Right.
1: Someone like Kemba definitely can. Yeah. You'd really have to build it around her to make that effective.
2: Then like, I think you take out a lot of the token generation and you put in more equipment mm-hmm. and
1: and And cards like Nahiri and Stoneforge yeah. Mystic.
2: Yeah. And and then you know, you're more of an equipment deck, but Stoneforge Mystic is a really expensive card, so we can't even talk about that one. Uh, (laughs) Well, we can talk about it. We just, you know, (laughs) dreams. So, Gizal, yeah, I think is... Well, if you're playing a token deck, there's going to be two things you need. You're going to need a lot of tokens, and then you're going to need something to pump them. So, you're going to want to pick something for your general, for your commander, that does at least one of those things. Mm -hmm. And since... Nahiri makes 1-1 one, one tokens, but that 1 a turn, I don't think she really counts as a big token generator. No, definitely not. So the, our best choice, I think, for one of those stages, pump or create tokens, is Gizal because he's got a big pump spell.
1: Yeah, I'd love to play Gizal and then have Nahiri. The, I would love to draw Nahiri. Yeah. I think that's a lot more effective.
2: Yeah, totally agree. So, moving forward, we're going to recommend Gisal as your front man for the yeah. deck. Although, I'm sure a lot of people will want to play Nahiri because it's sexy to use the Planeswalkers as the commander. And I totally get it. And, yeah. you know, it's I not going to get Try g- it
1: out. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe we're wrong. Who knows? It's true. Maybe there are some, some Wait, interactions what? here that, oh, right, we're never wrong. <laughs> Only Wait, when we play right. Heroes of the Storm. Oh, man, then we're <laughs> never right. Also, uh, Gisal has the best uh, surname of Goldmane. Uh, also, my good friend of Johnny. Oh, yeah. There you go.
2: Oh, is it like a Johnny's long lost brother? I don't know. It actually doesn't don't have know. to be long lost. They're both
1: cats, though, so they do have that in common. They look similar. Yeah, there you go.
2: All right. <laughs> okay. Um. So, oh, we've got the two, we've got the lieutenant cycle. Do you want to read that one?
1: Yes. So, the lieutenant cycle, if you guys remember, is a new keyword that Wizards introduced in Commander 2014 that uh, is based on whether or not you have your commander and you control your commander. So, that means someone else has not stolen them, they're in play on your battlefield, uh, Angelic Field Marshal is the white version of it. It's two and two white for a 3-3 three, three with flying. And it says, Lieutenant, as long as you control your commander, Angelic Field Marshal gets plus two, plus two, and creatures you control have vigilance. So second part of that I really like. Creatures you control have vigilance. Um, there are a lot of cards, though, that do that for, like, two white. And do something else, like and something uh, else, like brave yeah. the sands, even from cons. Yeah,
2: there's a uh, intangible virtue that gives all your creatures plus one, plus one, plus one, and vigilance. Ooh. All your tokens, but yeah, you know, you're, and that's not contingent
1: on something like having a commander out in play.
2: When I first read this card, I thought it gave plus two, plus two, and vigilance to all your creatures Ooh. because the green one gives plus two, plus two, and trampled all your yeah. creatures. Yeah, and when I reread it and noticed, oh. It, it itself gets plus two, plus two, but it doesn't grant it to your team. Yep. It only gives Vigilance to your team. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, you just usually don't care if all your tokens have Vigilance or not. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, because you've got a certain amount of tokens and everybody else has way less creatures. Yeah. And so... You don't you, need to swing, you know, if someone has five creatures and you have 20 tokens, you all swing with 15. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can usually, if you have to, hold a couple back if you really need to defend. And most yeah. of the time you don't care about that and you're just swing with all of them. And it doesn't matter if they're tapped or not. So yeah. this card's okay. I, there's other decks that can go in. You know, that uh, mm-hmm. Derivi deck I was talking about a couple episodes ago with Stasis and stuff, this this card's amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you just don't want your guys to tap because it's hard to untap them. Yeah.
1: So, It's, uh, it's an okay. I, I don't think it's the best one by far. Uh, I still like the green one a lot. Yeah, so I far think...
2: of the ones we've talked about, I, I think green's the best one. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then we have the offering cycle or the group hug cycle. And these are, the, these are the cards that um, you can give yourself a benefit and one or two opponents' benefit. Correct. This one's called Benevolent Offering. It's three and a white for an instant. I think Ooh. the other two we talked about were sorcery. speed, yeah. Yeah, and this says, choose an opponent. You and that player each put three 1-1 white spirit creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. So you and opponent each good. get a triplicate spirit, yeah. basically. And then choose an opponent. You gain two life for each creature you control. And that player gains two life for each creature he controls. Well, we don't
1: really love life gain spells in general. Right. It's tacked on to another effect that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about if you cast this on an empty board and you had to choose the same person, you would both gain uh, six life mm-hmm. and, and both get three spirits. And get three spirits, yeah. So that's a actually... better
2: thing to do on an empty board is give somebody three spirits and then choose another person that to gain life zero. so they gain yeah. zero and you gain six. Yeah, lives. exactly. It's still like. It's okay. I mean, there's a token deck so the way you want to play it is you do it and it gives you, you
1: know, 30 life or whatever, 40, 50. Yeah, exactly. 100. You've already got 20 dudes out yeah. and so
2: you gain 100 life. We've talked about this in the very first episode. Life gain in commander is way less powerful because of commander damage. Yeah. So you can be at 1000 life. You can be at an arbitrary amount of life, yeah. you know, 17 billion life. And they still hit you for 21 commander
1: damage and you're dead. Or they just go infinite. Yeah, or they go infinite. There's so many different win conditions. Yeah, so life
2: gain, the life gain part really, I think it's like almost worthless.
1: Yeah, I like this as a weird battle trick. If someone's swinging at someone and it's like they could die. You know, you could be like, hey, look, I'm going to send you some blockers. I didn't think about this. This is a good idea. And you owe me next turn or whatever. Or you, or you, just, know, like, or you just know, like, yeah. they're going
2: to crack back at the person who tried to kill them. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're actually making, like, they somebody thinks they're going to finish somebody off, and all of a sudden they're in this really life-and-death right. struggle, and, and you're they, sitting there on the <laughs>
1: sidelines going, well, whoever, win, whoever uh, wins that, I still win. Yeah, I really like the idea that of giving someone else tokens, because there's a lot of self-token generation. If someone has mana up, you're not going to just swing at them thinking that nothing could potentially happen, but if the other person's tapped out and they're like, ah, whatever, I'm going to die anyway, mm-hmm. you'd be like, no, I am benevolently offering, offering you. you some spirits.
2: <laughs> it's I wish it had the ability to create more stuff. Like Think of the yeah. green one. The green one has an X in its casting cost, and so if you draw it later in the game, oh, yeah. you could just create 20 elves. This one, there's no there's no big upside yeah um so if you draw it later it's like i don't know it feels like three one one white flyers isn't gonna do much for you yeah exactly if you're playing a game of conspiracy
1: it would i'd be so stoked about that so Um, i'm kind of down on this card
2: i agree um yeah i'm I'm not a big fan of it i would look to replace it at some point it does make tokens so early on you can keep it in because it's with your theme but yeah you know there are way more powerful token creating cards than this than this card
1: yeah all right. Let's talk about some of the best cards Yeah. Uh, because when we say it, it makes tokens, we're just kind of making excuses for it because when cards like Nomad's Assembly exist, yeah, this that's is one a of those... card that makes tokens.
2: Yeah, exactly. It don't make no three tokens. <laughs> yeah. It scoffs at three tokens. Yeah.
1: It's a four and two white, six total for a sorcery. Uh, put a one-one white core soldier creature token on the battlefield for each creature you control. Dang. And then to make then it to even... Make it, just, that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough. Uh, rebound. <laughs> if you cast this spell from your hand, exile it as it resolves. At the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast this card from exile without paying its mana cost. Whoa. It doubles you twice. <laughs> it doubles you twice. Yeah. So
2: if you have... Let's just say it's modest. You have six tokens out. Right. It makes six. And then during your next upkeep, you now have 12. It makes 12. So you went from six to 24 yeah.
1: over two turns. And that's a modest amount for this deck. Yeah, that's insane, I yeah. think. Um, I really like this. Uh, I think Rebound is so awesome in this case. Um, it's asking to be countered, of course, because it's six mana. But, and it's and you can speed. get a little bit
2: like you do it and then uh, somebody Wraths and then your upkeep comes and you can cast it for free, but you have zero creatures, so it's going right, to be zero. Right. So it, you can be gotten. You just have to pick your spot with it, but the effect can be literally game-winning.
1: Yeah, it's that's so huge. And then if you have Nazal out, or is all you can have yeah. 24 people that can now swing for whatever. It's like, oh, gosh, you just win at that point. Yeah, like, exactly. This is
2: one of those cards you play it, and then you're like, okay, nobody has an answer. I'm gonna win.
1: Yeah, so hope you have an answer. Yeah, what it is.
2: Um, the next one, feel like we've been talking about a lot, is Skull Clamp. Uh, it just goes so well in a token deck because yeah. it's just it, it reads one mana, draw two cards. Yep and uh, you don't care about losing a token or two
1: the only thing you have to be careful of is giving your tokens anthem effects and making them without uh, outside of the anthem outside of the skull clamp reach
2: yeah and we've talked about that also which is like in general in token decks you don't want to pump everything until you're going to win yeah so usually you're like Concentrating early game on just getting a lot of tokens, but mm-hmm. not pumping them, and then when you're about to swing for the win, that's when you pump them. So yeah. the skull clamp's actually helping you in that area where you're trying to get the cards you need.
1: Skull clamp is still amazing though, because let's say you do draw it late game, um, and your board's been wiped, it's great. You get a restart. You don't need to worry about cards like celestial crusader, or whatever that gives your creatures plus one plus one. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. get get it, get the engine going again, and then draw into your wins. You know, it's true.
2: Think of it with Nahiri. Oh yeah! Plus tour, and you can equip it for free, so it's not you don't even have to pay the one to draw the two cards. Oh wow! Yeah, she just reads plus two, draw two cards, which is um, pretty good if Skullclamp's out. Yeah,
1: pretty good. Um, You want to talk about the next one though, because Skullclamp is old, old news. We've talked about it a lot.
2: Okay, I'm gonna. uh, Oh, comeuppance. Yeah, this This, this is is... a cool one. Mm -hmm. At first, this this is not generally the type of effect that I like. Really, for once, it's one time. Right. For one, it's one time only. It, it almost reads like a fog effect, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wait, this can really be a one-sided board wipe?
1: Yeah, it's an ulti battle trick.
2: Yeah, it's a three and a white for an instant. I'm going to paraphrase, but it says, Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and Planeswalkers you control. And then instead, each creature that would deal damage to you deals d- that much damage to itself. <laughs> or any spells that would deal damage to you deal that much damage to their controller.
1: Well, it's if damage from... Yeah, non- if it's prevented it uh, is prevented cuz yeah. come up prevents it. Yeah, so exactly.
2: it basically for one turn makes you invincible mm-hmm. from damage. Um, and you get your come And all of that stuff rebounds onto the stuff that's hitting you. So yeah. it's like it's like if you got attacked with like four, four, four creatures, you play come up ins all four of those four four creatures are going to
1: die. Yep. The and only you case, won't take any damage. The only case where they don't die is if they're like four fives because yes. they just do four of themselves. Yeah, um, which is
2: rare, but it, it, it might come it up. It
1: happens. But I feel like if so, it seems like it's just a great defense against the meta of the other decks, specifically the green one, mm-hmm. or any or any just kind of token generation decks, or even the, itself, you know, that make things with like coat of arms or whatever. Like Because 15, 15, 15 swinging at you is not that scary when you have comeuppance in your hand. Or like
2: Kiki-Jiki going infinite, Splinter Twin going infinite. A lot
1: of that are are predicated on attacking you with an arbitrary
2: amount of some things Mm -hmm. or one thing that's arbitrarily large. Yeah. So it's sort of like Deflecting Palm that way, but it works. Deflecting Palm only works if one big thing's hitting you. Yeah. But this works with any number of things hitting you. Yeah. Including
1: spells. Yeah. So if someone likes, like, I, uh, I don't know, Fireball you for 40. That happens. You
2: make infinite mana, Fireball everybody for 100, you know, or... Fireball everybody for a thousand. You yeah. can be like
1: okay, but I live and you die. You know, <laughs> it's kind th- of funny if someone goes infinite with Kiki Jiki and like makes a thousand mites or something. Yeah, mites and these swings So like okay, five hundred you, three hundred you, and you're like Haha, everyone's gonna die but me. Yeah. and this Kiki Jiki. So player. I just
2: won. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and 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 EDH really works that way where like somebody does some big infinite combo and they kill everyone, but this actually can really yeah win it just can win you the game in those instances. Yeah. And plus if you play this one time in your playgroup, they have to be scared of it every time. Every
1: time, yeah. They they have to play around it.
2: So it really hampers them. Because if they make infinite pestermites, mites, they're gonna be like, what are you at? So they have to swing at you with enough that would kill you kill but you. won't kill them and sometimes it's like that. Ah, it well can yeah it really would we'll kill you up.
1: but leave their board big enough that you couldn't swing back and kill them or whatever right unless so. they're casting a spell in that case they have to be really careful because otherwise they're just losing their creatures right right yeah. anyway i like this card a lot yeah um, i do too um next up is containment priest and this has been making splashes as well uh because a it costs less than three mana it's two mana and it means it can be played in a lot of other formats
2: yeah people are talking legacy playable for this one yeah uh, Maybe, maybe not, but in any case, it is interesting.
1: Yeah, it's one in the white for a creature that has flash. It's a 2-2. Two, two. And if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so it, the reason it says non-token creatures is because you can play, like, uh, triplicate spirits and a token enters the battlefield, but you can, you're still technically casting something to make right. it happen.
2: It also doesn't stop Kiki-Jiki and right. Splinter Twin and things like that, so it's a little downside. But it does stop, like, flicker effects. Mm-hmm. It does stop all this cheating of, you know, Quicksilver Amulet, Aether Vial, uh, Birthing Pod, anything, these effects that that cheats up into play. Anything that cheats up into play. Tooth and Nail.
1: Yeah, Tooth and Nail, Quicksilver Amulet. Show and Tell,
2: uh, Sneak Attack. There's a million of these, and they're very powerful, and they're used in EDH a lot. Yeah. uh, Because what do we always talk about? Cheating the cost of things uh, is one of the most broken things you can do in magic maybe the most broken thing you can yeah. do in magic is to you know find a loophole in the mana cost of yep. something and so something that stops that especially since white itself is not particularly good at cheating the mana cost of something right. like a mono white deck isn't going to even want to try and do that stuff it just doesn't have those type of cards so you know this is going to depend on your meta i don't think mm-hmm. it's an automatic include but if you have a couple of prominent decks that are cheating stuff out cheating big creatures out uh then it can be it can just totally hose them
1: yeah, I really like this. It's flash, too. You can do it You can basically speed. counter something. Yeah, it's it's two mana to counter something, and then once this guy hits the battlefield, it stays that way. Um, our friend Eli, who also edits this podcast, uh, has a card in his project that essentially puts out all of the Eldrazi.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Containment Priest would kill, would exile every single one of those None cards. None of them would ever hit the battlefield. Yeah, field. yeah. Uh, for two mana, too, which is, that's that's the important thing, is that you can do it for a cheap amount, and it just gets out there.
2: Uh, The last card under Best Cards is Mentor of the Meek. So good. This is a really good card, yeah. And especially because it it does something white's very bad at. Yep. So it's two and a white for a 2-2 creature. Whenever a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one colorless mana. If you do, draw a card. Right. So it's card draw, and you're putting tokens out. So think of like Nomad's Assembly. Yeah. You cast it, it puts six dudes out, seven dudes out. And then you can just pay as many colorless as you want. As you want. have, and
1: you draw that many cards.
2: Yeah, so up to, you know, as many creatures as are mm-hmm. created. But you don't have to draw the full amount either. You can yeah. be like, eh, I'll just draw three or
1: four. The important thing about this card, too, is that it's, it doesn't say non-token. Right. And this is a deck with right. tokens, and you're going to be pumping out so many guys. And all your tokens with,
2: are going to be power two or less. Yep. So it's very powerful. And again, it's white just doesn't have a lot of card draw engines. Yeah. So you need to really play the ones that you do have, and this is one of the better ones. Yeah, definitely. I like this
1: a lot. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay. Do we want to talk about some of the cards we think are bad?
1: <laughs> yeah, the worst cards. We should not just spend. We shouldn't spend too much time on this because they are bad. Uh, Brave the elements. Oh uh, yeah. Instant for one and for one white. Uh, just one total. Instant. Choose a color. White creatures you control gain protection from the chosen color until end of turn. I, this seems, seems good. Seems good. It seems good. Does not stop a board wipe. Doesn't do anything against
2: a board wipe, which is your biggest fear in a token deck because yeah. you make you know 80 tokens, and if somebody board wipes, you're just back to square one. Yeah. And then also, like, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, but I'll make my guys unblockable, and then I'll just kill them. Listen, you can only pick one color for one thing, yeah. and a lot of decks running multicolor so you won't they'll still be able to block some of your stuff also like if you're in a token deck and you're worried about their blockers you are doing it doing it wrong (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: you should just have so many guys it doesn't matter yeah you're going wide here you're not trying to make uh your guy unblockable like in a Rafik deck or whatever you're trying to you're hitting them with so much that they put their entire army in front of it and you still have 50 things on both sides that are still rushing in at you
2: yeah exactly so This card's just really—I think it's really, really bad. It would be—it maybe be good if you put Kemba at the helm and you just mm-hmm. had to protect him. Even then, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm or just her. trying to
1: think of like the the weird border cases when you're going to use this on defense instead of offense, and when it might Seems matter. Randomly then, weird. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe if you like need to stop another token, like a green token, that from overrunning you, you block them all. I don't know. I don't know. I really have no idea.
2: Yeah, I nope. Don't like it. Take it out. Take it yeah, out. Yeah, take it out. The next one is Skyhunter Skirmisher. This is uh, one and two white for a one-one cat knight. That's three mana for a
1: one-one. It's a cat knight though. Yeah, I don't think there are any cat knights out there.
2: (laughs) It has flying and double strike. That's it. If you're waiting for more, (laughs) if you're waiting for more, that's it.
1: I was literally holding my breath. I was (laughs) waiting. What else does it have? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing.
2: This card seems rather worthless. I know it's in this deck because of equipment. Yeah. But there's just so many better cards. Like Flicker Wisp is a million times better than this yeah, card. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and not particularly good in this deck, but at least it's a three-one for the same amount. Yeah. The double strike just to me is not worth it, because and then it creates the need for another card to make it good, and even then it's just like mediocre. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, it it doesn't really do it for me. There's it lots doesn't of. Doesn't do enough. Yeah, especially at that like that level of mana cost. There's so many great three drops that you want to be playing instead. Um. Which leads us to our next terrible card. White main Lion. One in the white. 2-2. Two, two, flash. When White main Lion enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's hand.
2: There are decks that want this card. There's Animar decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Flicker decks. Well, Animar I... can't even play this, but Flicker decks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rune. Sorry. Um, but, but decks that want to continuously recast their things. Yeah. Because they have some sort of enter the battlefield effects. You notice when I did the statistical breakdown of the white deck... There's not a category that I listed that says cards with enter the battlefield effects because yeah, there's only there's, a couple.
1: There's only a couple. And they're really expensive. And they're good. Like they're Twilight good. Shepherd is awesome, yeah. but it's just. You really only need to play Twilight Shepherd once. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, exactly. And it's just if you only have three cards in your deck that this card affects, yeah, it's not worth playing it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
2: so definitely out of here, White Main Lion. Get out. Yeah,
1: get out. Get, get out, out of here. My,
2: get off my lawn. Yeah.
1: Mentor of the Meek says, get out of here. He doesn't like you.
2: Yeah, Mentor the Meek's like, I am way better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Mentor the Meek's kind of a jerk.
1: He is. But, but he draws he's, me cards, so he's he not deserves a jerk. it. He's so cool, <laughs> man. I added him into the cards. I think you should add, and then realized he's actually in the deck. I'm like, well, there you go, perfect.
2: You're like wizard agrees with me. Yeah.
1: Uh, by the way, this deck is very similar to the the deck we talked about in Deck Tech Daydreams. Um, so make sure you guys check out that episode. I think it was episode 17 where we talked about that. Because uh, there are some cards there we won't mention today that do fit very well into this deck as well.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point because we talked about a mono white token deck that Jimmy wanted to build. So we talked about a bunch of cards that would work in here. We're gonna mention yeah. a few. really quick Um, how convenient there's one it's a little over the five dollar limit that we usually set for ourselves when we're discussing cards uh we don't like to talk about cards that are really expensive it's just not attainable for most people what we're looking to help you do here is buy this this deck take it out of the box and then for less than twenty dollars be able to improve it quite a bit
1: yeah and and here's the thing like you you want to you don't want to buy one thirty dollar card you'd rather rather buy six five dollar cards because one thirty dollar
2: card just won't affect Enough games to and you're really not going to see it, it very often, yeah. Yeah, because how often are you going to draw that one card? It's not mm-hmm. that often. So if you can instead replace a bunch of these cards with, you know, 15 one dollar cards, that's going to really affect. Yeah. You know you're going to see one or two of those cards every time you play the deck. So yeah, exactly. But there is one card. One card I want to talk about. It's, it's worth seven dollars.
1: It. No, it's a little more now. Oh crap! But it's it's Josh. It's Akroma's worth a it. Chroma's
2: Memorial is the card. Um, do you want to read it?
1: Yeah, it's a seven drop artifact. May seem like a lot. But creatures you control have, count them, flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, haste, and protection from black and red. That's seven effects for seven mana. It's crazy. And oh my gosh.
2: And the one we really care about is haste. Haste. Because token decks want to do this thing where they suddenly dump out like a hundred tokens literally onto the board. Yeah. And then swing with them in that same turn because they don't want to give a rotation of the table, uh, give everybody a chance to, to board wipe. Yep.
1: So... And very rarely do you see haste effects in white.
2: Yeah, it's really hard for white to get haste effects. Yeah, exactly. You know, that red's the king of that. Green has a little. White has basically none, and you have to go to artifacts. And there's not a lot of artifacts that give your whole team haste. Mm-hmm. So this thing is, I think it's, if in order for the deck to be really good, you really need this card in it. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it right away, but at some point... If you want to keep working on this deck, I feel like Akroma's Memorial has to be a piece. Yeah,
1: and the Protection Tube is amazing. Yeah. Um, The fact is also your tokens need to not only be able to swing for the win, but they need to get through. So flying flying and vigilance and trample are very important as well. So Akroma's Memorial, just overall baller card. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I like this next one, Soul of Theros. Uh, This is a card that came out in M15. Has seen a little bit of uh, standard play, actually, too. Uh, it's a six drop. And the Soul series, if you remember, you they have the same activated ability, but you can do it once from the graveyard and exile that card. Or you can do this many times if it's alive and on the battlefield. So Soul of Theros is uh, four and two white for a six, six with vigilance. And creatures you control get plus two, plus two and gain first strike and a lifelink until end of turn. Sweet. First very strike. Sweet. First sweet. strike is very nice, too. Um, especially if they're. Try- I mean, here's the thing it's like. You won't always be able to do the full overrun win where you drop 100 things and go all at once. Sometimes you need to be able to win a more middle game where maybe you've been wiped a couple of times and you only have 10 guys out in the battlefield. But if those guys all have first strike... You, and plus two, plus two? Yeah. They're going to be able to get in for a lot of damage. They're going to be able to get through a lot of blockers as well. Doesn't it give them lifelink? Yes. So...
2: And like, we don't like life gain, but we don't mind incidental life gain. Mm -hmm. See, that it can matter. It's not that life gain can't ever matter. It's just that it doesn't matter enough to only do that. But if something has some, it does all these two things and it gives you some life, that life is worth something. So I think the lifelink is, you know, it's reasonable to sort of affect the game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, um, yeah, I think that card's great because,
1: again, and he's a dude. Like, and you, yeah, and you can do it every turn if you have him up. Yep. That's the nice thing. Yep. It's not a single one-time effect. Um, the next card, Mind's Eye.
2: We've talked about this one before. It's a five-costed artifact, so five-color list. Whenever an opponent draws a card, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card. So it's like Mind's Eye, but for other people drawing cards. Yeah. Or, sorry, it's like a Mentor of the Meek. Mm-hmm. But instead of when a creature enters, it's when everybody else draws a card. Um, white just doesn't have much card draw. Yeah. And this is one of the better ones that you can get from Artifacts, and you just need more card draw spells. This is not the only one. This is just one of the better ones. So uh, I would go and probably try and add two, three, maybe four cards that draw you more cards Yeah, uh, in this deck.
1: Next up is Micchaeus the Lunarch. Uh, oh, Micchaeus. Yeah, this card is – I can't believe it's not an expensive card because it's so sweet. Uh, it's X and a white for a zero zero. 0 and as you might expect, he enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. You can tap him to put a plus one plus one counter on himself, or more importantly, you can tap him, remove a plus one plus one counter from the chaos, put a plus one plus one counter on each other creature you control. Ah!
2: <laughs> that's uh, It can get out of hand so Yeah, fast. it can get out of hand. Yeah.
1: Go two turns in the chaos, and you've got a permanent plus two plus two on everyone. It's pretty intense.
2: Yeah, and you notice like in the green deck we were uh, advocating taking out some of the pump spells and putting in more creature-creating spells. This mm-hmm. one has a lot of token-creating spells, and so we're, but very few pump spells. So we're advocating taking out some of the equipment and putting in more pump spells, a few more pump spells. Because, yeah. you know, you, it, you're going to get a lot of tokens, but you're probably going to need to pump your team uh, at least one time to kill everybody. So, yeah, yeah coat of arms still works, mm-hmm. uh, those type of effects. I mean,
1: that's definitely a card you should
2: add in as yeah. well. Yeah, Um. One thing I wanted to say was we've talked about this before, but this this deck even more than the rest needs Thron Dynamo, Guild of Lotus, yes. Mind Stone. In fact, I would say keep the the diamond, the marble diamond mm-hmm. into this, just because white is not good at ramping. Yeah, so it needs artifact help in that area. Like I just don't think an EDX an EDH deck can be really great unless it has a certain amount of ramp possibility yeah and right now the the deck only comes with five pieces and i think that's just woefully inadequate so i would add five six maybe seven more yeah things, Do whatever you can yeah that, that add ramp so yeah. even bad ones would be worth something in this deck you know so yeah agreed um Oh and you put one on here that I think is really good is Mass Calcify. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> that's uh, your be- that's your best
1: board wipe you could ask for.
2: This is White's Cyclonic Rift. Mm-hmm. And Cyclonic Rift is like one of the best spells in all of EDH. It's uh, five and two white for a sorcery, destroy all non white creatures. It's a one-sided board wipe, although you have to think some people someone may be playing white, white, but it's going to destroy most other things yeah. and, and it will destroy nothing of
1: yours. Yeah, and if you're trying to overrun someone, just even if you're taking out half their force, yeah. it's going to help you out that much more in the long run. Uh, same with a card like Devout Invocation, six and a white for a sorcery. Tap any number of untapped creatures you control. Play a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying on the battlefield for each creature tap this way.
2: If you have a Chroma's Memorial out, I pretty much guarantee if you play Devout Invocation, you win the yeah. game.
1: Yeah, it's just the it's like upgrade. Yeah. Oh, all <laughs>
2: my guys become four four flyers, and if I can attack with them right now, I probably just win. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. solid. The white deck looks good. I think you mm-hmm. know it needs some work. I would take out a lot of that equipment. I would put in a few more token generators and a few more things that pump guys, and yeah. then then I think it's strong. I mean, I have a deck. It's got green in it uh, and red also, but it's still a token deck. Yeah, and token decks
1: are really powerful. Mm-hmm. I would really, uh, uh, I would lay the cards out as well and see what their casting cost is and when you're going to be able yeah. to cast certain things and make sure that you're not too much on the high end because a lot of these cards, like a Chroma's Memorial, have a high casting cost. If you can't, you won't be able to play like two things in a turn that could win you the game. Essentially, you have to make sure that you are able to sequence your spells right. So. And white has real trouble
2: just generating a lot of things that make mana so yeah a lot of other colors they can be on turn eight or nine and be like the ability to pump out like 20 mana white just usually doesn't have that so yeah it's really smart to um pay attention to your curve when you're building the deck yes sir. for white specifically okay
1: let's move on to your favorite jimmy my favorite this is your moment this is my moment that's a rebecca black song it always gets stuck in my head when someone (laughs) says this is your moment Thank you. You want to sing some more of it? No, I don't. That's it. (laughs) I've embarrassed myself enough for this weekend at so Uh, You can't tell
2: we got destroyed. Yeah, we got destroyed. We can't. In front of like 50,000 people. We literally can't mention it
1: enough. Yeah. How badly we got wrecked. I was looking at a replay. I think the level was like 19 to 15. They were like four levels up on this at one point. I
2: think we only got one kill to (laughs) 23 kills for them in the last game. So we did reach level six before they reached level five. Oh. Everyone listening is like, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" Hey, just go look up the replays of Heroes of the. Storm. Wait, don't
1: don't Why? do that. Yeah, don't do it. Don't just do that. take it from take it for what we've given it to go you. Go watch somebody just... else play Heroes of the Storm. Though it's a cool yeah, game. It's a cool game. Yeah, there don't watch yeah. us play. That's don't all. don't watch us play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, all right the red, red deck is my deck. I may I may convert my Norn the deck Norn the Wary deck one more time wow. from Kiki Jiki to Norn the Wary to Duretti. Wow. Wow. You All were, right. you're, you're feeling more of the Felden, but let's talk about the red deck. Yeah. Let's get some, uh, let's, let's get some it. notes. Okay. So
2: I did the statistical breakdown. Here we go. Wrath and mass removal. There are four cards, single target removal. There's really only one, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, there are about six ramp cards, only four card draw cards, which that's a worry. Uh, there are 37 artifacts. Boosh. Bow. That tells you pretty much everything you need to know right there. <laughs> there are 6 cards that create artifacts. Mm-hmm. There's artifact recursion or things that say you want artifacts to die basically. There are 9 of those. But the artifacts don't care if they die. They just,
1: you know. Well, in this deck. N- yeah, they just crumple away. And they don't then have feelings.
2: But there's it, this deck wants you to put artifacts into the graveyard oh, and yeah. bring them out. Um and then there are cards with enter the battlefield effects or effects that say when it dies. There are Thirteen of those. Now, obviously, those numbers don't add up because some of the artifacts are things with enter the battlefield Mm -hmm. or things
1: that want to die. But yeah. Um, And some of the enter the battlefield things are not artifacts. They're just like, hey, make some more goblins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this list tells us exactly what this
2: deck wants to do. It's very artifact heavy. It wants to use those artifacts, effects repeatedly by sacrificing them, bringing them back, reoccurring them. Uh, you know, copying them, yeah, sacrificing them again, making them again, like just getting value off of artifact, uh, triggers and things like that. It's it looks very powerful too.
1: Yeah, let's not like kid around. This I think this is the most powerful of, of all the decks by far. Um, yeah, I think so. It's got also the most value. It's got some awesome reprints in there. Um, I I mean, me being red has me ecstatic and is no way like changing my opinion to like this more. This deck really I think is just the best out of all five.
2: It's cool, though, too, because you have a really strong mono-red deck, and I, red mm-hmm. gets a bad rap. It's thought of sort of as the weakest color in EDH for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, but this is another totally different way than you built your deck
1: yeah. to go, so it's pretty interesting. It's really cool. All right, let's talk uh, let's about let's the talk three. about the commanders. Three guys now. we got Tuk Tuk the Explorer, who's a 2 and a red for a 1-1 with haste, legendary goblin. Uh, when Tuk Tuk the Explorer dies, play a legendary 5-5 colorless goblin, golem, artifact, creature, token named Tuk Tuk the Returned onto the battlefield.
2: So he dies and he creates a 5-5 five artifact. Uh, yeah. This is just not powerful enough for EDH. Yeah.
1: It's not even good enough for anything. <laughs> he's
2: fine in the deck, actually, because he makes an artifact. Yeah.
1: He makes an artifact. He's The only thing is that he costs three, and I I, I just don't know. I don't know if I'm He's
2: good with something like, like Kiki-Jiki. mm mm-hmm. uh, We're going to talk about Kiki. He's expensive. Well,
1: actually, he's not because... Well, actually... Well, he dies, so at the end right, of the turn. Right. C- well, here's the thing. He's a legendary creature, so as soon as you make a copy of him with Kiki, that oh, you can choose right. the copy to die, so... You no, you choose
2: the original die, makes a 5-5. Then you've got a tuk tuk, and then he dies at the end of the turn because he's a uh, Kiki token's die at the end of the turn. Right. Then you make another 5-5. I was
1: just thinking you just keep making the uh, the copy die so you could always keep making more tuk Well, oh, that's true. Actually, then you always have tuk tuk yeah. out. But yeah. if you know that someone's going to get rid of Kiki or something, you can get 2 colorless goblins. You're whatever. right, though. It's better to just sacrifice the token and yeah. then do it
2: again next turn. It, it's even making one 5 for a turn is just, any EDH, that's fine. It's just yeah. not game breaking. Yeah, it's not game breaking. Um, yeah, he's okay. I wouldn't. Let's just dismiss him. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll read Felden. Uh, nice. Felden of the third path.
1: This guy's great.
2: He's one and two red for a legendary creature, Human Artificer. He's a two three. He says, pay two and a red and tap him. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature card in your graveyard, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. It gains haste sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step so he's nice he's like kiki jiki but only for creatures in the graveyard
1: yep yeah yep and he costs three to do it
2: yeah and he costs three to do it listen this is totally powerful because kiki jiki is one of the most powerful cards ever created yep and he's
1: doing a similar effect. And you, he wants to abuse Enter the Battlefield effects. Yes. It also, a lot of cards that do this kind of thing exile the card that it's copying yes. or whatever. Felden doesn't. it keeps
2: it in there. Felden, you can copy the same thing the next turn and the next turn and the mm-hmm. next turn and the next turn. Also, it's making an artifact. There's a yeah. lot of cards in the deck that say when an artifact you control goes to the graveyard, yeah. or when an artifact you control enters the battlefield, or when an artifact you control... Or you can
1: sacrifice artifacts you control yeah. for some effect. Well, he so, also has amazing synergy with Goblin Welder yes, because he can just switch out the token and replace it with any other artifact. the real thing. Yeah, with the real thing or, yeah. or anything else, really. Yeah, this is... We're going to debate it, I think, but
2: this is my pick for who I would have front man of the deck because the Recursion ability is so strong and yeah. the synergy... Is, is so strong. Uh, but I can't fault anyone for going with the next guy, so let's read him.
1: Yeah, Doretti Scrap Savant, uh, Planeswalker Doretti. He's three in a red. He's the he's the big one. He's the one that comes on the box. to get the big version of him. He comes in with three loyalty points. His plus two, discard up to two cards, then draw that many cards. Not bad. Not it's bad. a pretty typical red effect. Uh, you don't get to draw anything for free. You always have to discard some stuff. But as you can see, minus two, sacrifice an artifact if you do return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So those abilities, like uh, Nahiri's, work very well in conjunction with each other. Because you want stuff in your graveyard. Yep. Yep. Um, Same with Felden, of course. Uh, And his minus 10 is that you get an emblem with whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. Nice. That's crazy. That is, oh, that's unbelievable. They just
2: can never, unless they exile, they can't get rid of your artifacts. Mm -hmm. They just keep bouncing back into play. And like we said, you're going to get... It's like
1: Marchesa a little bit. Yep.
2: Yeah, exactly. It is very a Marchesa ability, except yeah. you don't even have to go the extra mile of getting counter counters running. on him. Yeah, it not. just comes back. It is a negative 10, and he starts at three, though. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing as Nahiri, where it's going to take you five turns, can't rely and he on can't it. be touched. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good ability. You just can't pick him because of that. So you have to look yeah. at the other two abilities, and I think they're strong. Uh, you think Duretti should, f- should be the general?
1: Looking at Felden and Duretti now, I think Felden should be the general. Because he comes in with three, you get to do his most important thing, which is sacrifice an artifact and return an artifact from a graveyard to the battlefield. Felden gets to do that every turn. Now, sure, you lose the artifact and it gets sacrificed, but you don't need it to stay there necessarily. You're I mean, getting the effect. You're off getting of it. the effect, and yeah. you still and you get to choose something every turn. Jaredi uh, gets to do this once before he will not be able to because he'll be at one loyalty. That
2: was the thing that swung it for me. If it was a plus one for him to bounce it back, or yeah. or a zero even. Then he could do it every turn. I would have picked him because the upside would be well. And sometimes I get to rummage, and mm-hmm. rummage is when you discard and then draw. Yeah. Loot is when you draw and then discard. Yep. Um, and rummaging twice is very powerful. And you're right, we want things in the graveyard, so it's a powerful effect. This is a tough one. I think it's really close. Yeah.
1: Um, I like Felden though. Yeah. Both also because he costs one less to cast. Yes. Um, and there's ways to give him haste so that you could do. You're a, in red. Your haste in red. is gonna be easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I like Felden a little bit more here. Um, I think I think Duretti's could be really good in uh, more constructive formats because you're only going to be able to use them once or twice. Anyway, regardless. Anyway, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah.
2: Okay, so moving forward, we recommend Felden, but man, if you go with Duretti, I can't I can't think you're yeah, crazy. Yeah, I can't fault you either. Yeah, it's, maybe, he's also sweet, man. Yeah.
1: What a great, great commander.
2: And then we've got the Lieutenant Cycle. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's Tyrant's Familiar. This is an expensive one. It's five and two red, so seven total for a dragon 5-5 five five flyer. Hmm. with haste so that's good it says lieutenant as long as you control your commander tyrant's familiar gets plus two plus two and has whenever tyrant's familiar attacks it deals seven damage to target creature defending player controls yeah this is type of effect is really strong in a regular constructive format and in
1: edh it's like it's okay what are you getting rid of that isn't going to piss the person off you're not, you, you don't have the choice. Well, I mean, you're attacking do... them, so maybe you don't care if you piss them off. Yeah. But it's just like, eh, you, kill. you don't have the choice to do it to their face either. You know, that would be way better. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, then you're just hitting them for 12. Yeah. And what's this deck trying to do? Is it trying to swing at people and kill them in the air? No, not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And he costs seven. Yeah. Seven's just,
2: it's just a lot for one thing. Mm-hmm. There are, like, what do we read? Nomad's Assembly. That can possibly create. 80 tokens over two turns. Yeah, exactly. That's how powerful. That costs six. Yeah. This guy costs seven, and it's like, well, he might hit you for five and kill one of your creatures. He's a dragon. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't want to be familiar with this card in my deck. (laughs) That's for sure. The next is Volcanic Offering, and I don't know what's in the art, but it looks like it's the Hooded Hydra.
2: It looks like a hydra getting burned.
1: Yeah. So it's four in a row. We're having some hydra kebabs. Yeah. One, You get eight kebabs, one for each head.
2: Well, then when you burn them, don't they, the head split again, so you get 16 oh kebabs. Oh my gosh,
1: value. <laughs> Next time you guys are barbecuing, just make sure you pick up some Hydra from your local Ralphs. Seriously, it doubles your money. <laughs> well, getting offering is four and a red for an instant. Destroy target non-basic land you don't control and target non-basic land of an opponent's choice you don't control. So your your own lands will never die and then volcanic offering deals 7 damage to target creature you don't control and 7 damage to a target creature of an opponent's choice you don't control weird, weird a little yeah. bit
2: weird so it's destroy two lands that aren't yours
1: and deal two creatures that are 7 aren't damage yours. Yeah. yeah um I mean, it's like tyrant's familiar's text on volcanic offering essentially well the 7 damage is the 7 damage bit yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh it just doesn't jive with anything this deck wants to yeah, do yeah and it make it
2: creates hate <laughs> it's true cuz both people that got their land destroyed they're not going to be like Oh, you destroyed my land and the other guy's gonna be like, but that other player destroyed No, you played yeah. the card. Like yeah, you just exactly. chose my land, but like yeah, I I don't know. This card like unless you're playing some sort of dedicated land destruction strategy, which this only destroys two lands, is still probably not all that worth it.
1: But yeah. I don't know.
2: This card, um, maybe there's a place for it in some <laughs> deck, but it's not this one right
1: now. Yeah, I think if you're going for a really aggro red deck, I think this could be really good. Uh we're trying to maybe clear off the board or I don't know, wipe the board I I don't know. I, I just can't see this. Doing too well, especially when you're 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 in a deck that has artifacts and not as many creatures, you're not gonna be able to defend yourself against someone that swings against you for you know making them pissed off or whatever. It just doesn't do that much. Yeah,
2: I mean, like the green one has the chance to create a twenty twenty creature and twenty one one elves. For yeah, you. this one destroys two lands and maybe kills two creatures.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of maybe and you don't even get to pick all of them. Maybe maybe this is good because you pissed people off the least.
2: I guess. <laughs> No, you're destroying a land. No one's going to like you for that. Land
1: destruction draws more hate. But the interesting thing here is, though, that your your opponent gets to choose whose other land gets wrecked. So they could bring on themselves a lot of hate. I guess, but you still played the card, so you'll still get a little of it. Yeah. I just think, like, let's say the card said
2: was the same exact casting cost. So it's four and a red for Mm -hmm. an instant, and it said destroy two non-blasic lands and deal seven damage to two different creatures. Oh, that'd be
1: amazing. It'd be good, but it wouldn't be.
2: It wouldn't be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it'd be but fine. The fact that you get to do two and you get to do seven damage to two things by yourself is. That's great. what it does, but you just only get to pick half of the targets.
2: <laughs> I just think even if you got to pick all the targets, it's still like only okay. It's it's not like crazy. Yeah, it's 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 fine. I don't know. Yeah, I would look to be taking both the familiar and the offering out of this deck. They just don't go with the theme.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about the best cards. Okay, this oh, one's my favorite. I cards. play them in every. Uh, So good. Yeah. Every time I change my red deck around a little bit, this guy, I look at him like, you will never leave this deck. (laughs) Goblin Welder, one red for a 1 1 Goblin Artificer. Similar to Felden, he's an Artificer as well. Uh, tap him. Choose target artifact a player controls and target artifact card in that player's graveyard. If both targets are still legal as this ability resolves, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact and returns the artifact card to the graveyard. So they add a little bit of text here saying if yeah. both targets are le- still legal as this ability resolves. So someone could, you know, use a Scavenging Ooze and get rid of a card in, in their life. You could always do that before, yeah, but exactly. it's just clarifying.
2: Basically, you take one an artifact in play and an artifact in the graveyard and you swap them. Yeah. And you either choose yourself to do that or another player to do yeah. that. And, and you choose all the targets, even if it's another player. So you mm-hmm. can, somebody's got a really powerful artifact in play and a weak one in the graveyard, you just go boom. You can also do it in instant speed. So yeah. you can sort of like hose them. Like they make a bunch of tokens, drop a coat of arms. You yeah. all of a sudden put that coat of arms in the graveyard and bring out a soul ring, which does nothing. And all their guys that were just nine tens are now zero ones. Yep. You can do that. But the best way to use it is on your own stuff.
1: On your own stuff, because you know you're going to be putting uh, artifact cards in your graveyard. and The fact that you can do it to an opponent and really just hose them on a really powerful artifact is incredibly awesome. Mm -hmm. But it's a little too dependent to always rely on that being sort of like the go-to of this card. It's just a really nice option. Um, Otherwise, Goblin Wilder does uh, what Doretti kind of does, where you get to sacrifice an artifact and replace it with another one. It's broken, because it's it's
2: another cheat the mana cost Mm-hmm. Thing So you can be, I played an artifact that costs one, and I'm going to swap it with something that costs seven.
1: Yep. You know, that's just cheating mana cost, most broken thing you can do. Yeah. Um, and like we said with Felden, uh, he makes an artifact card. It, he could be bringing a creature that's an artifact, and it's going to die anyway. With the Goblin Lord, you can just swap it out with another artifact. A real artifact, or the artifact yeah. you copied originally. Also, yeah. if you have
2: two artifacts and both have Enter the Battlefield effects, you can just swap them for each other every turn. Mm-hmm. and just Like get, Solemn Simulacrum? Yeah, get Solemn yeah. Simulacrum, and anything else with the Enter the Battlefield, effect well solemn summer Chrome has a leave the battlefield, leave the battlefield, effect, battlefield effect, too. effect too yeah and so every turn you're just like i swap the solemn for this other thing and then i swap the thing for the solemn and then i top the solemn for this mm-hmm. thing and you can just rotate your into the battlefield and leave the battlefield effect and
1: felden's making a copy of it too just for
2: giggles yep. and yeah. it's just pure value and yeah. goblin welder doesn't cost any mana to do it that's the crazy thing mm-hmm. it's one red to cast him and then you just tap him to do it yeah, this card is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely my favorite reprint. Uh, I'm so glad to see it in here, because um, it's great.
2: Yeah, it's great. Um, the great. next one, this is a big one. Worm Coil Engine. Nice. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, yeah. This was a what thirty dollar card or so.
1: Yeah, I think it was like twenty or something, and now it's steadily decreasing. Oh yeah, of um, course. The foil versions aren't, but of course, you know yeah. that makes sense.
2: But it, it's it's that expensive because it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's uh, six mana for a six six worm. It's an artifact. It has death touch and life link. When it dies, it basically splits into 2 three, three creatures. One has lifelink, one has death touch.
1: Yep. It's, and the tokens, you get the tokens with the deck too, and the tokens are actually worth something too because yeah, they are the hard to attain.
2: Yeah, that's... Actually, yeah, the tokens were worth quite a bit. Yeah. So they're probably going to decline too. But okay, so you got Solemn, Simulacrum, and Wormcoil Engine. Oh my gosh. And one's in the graveyard, and you got Goblin Welder. And so every turn you make two three three Fetch a land and draw a card. Yeah. <laughs> that's the type of stuff. And also with Felden... If Warm Coil Engine is in the graveyard, mm-hmm. you can make a 3-3 Life Linker and a 3-3 Death Toucher every turn. Every turn, yeah. Just boom,
1: boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah, that's It's it's, it's broken. not broken. It's broken. It's ridiculously <laughs> broken. Um, it's value is what it is. Yeah, Ooh. it's just
2: free, reoccurring value. Those don't cost you cards to do it. You can do that every turn for, in addition to whatever cards you're drawing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, we like this guy. Uh, we've talked about the card Fork before on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, Dual Caster Mage is Fork def- on a stick. Fork on a stick for one more mana. It's one and two red, so three total for a 2-2 two, two human wizard with flash. When Dual Caster Mage enters the battlefield, copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell, you may choose new targets for the copy. So you can use the counterspell. You can use it to double something up. You can do it at flash speed. It's an instant for three.
2: The counter a counterspell thing, I think people haven't thought about this. You have felled... If you have um, uh, Felden out, mm-hmm. it's now two and a red to counter a counterspell. Oh, yeah. As long as dual caster in your graveyard. Yep. Because you do it at an instant speed. You know you make the copy of him. He pops out, copies their counter, you counter their counter. Oh Yeah. Or any other cool instance or sorceries anybody casts. Like, hey, I want to take two extra turns. Shoot, I want to take two Shoot, extra turns. Shoot, me too, yeah. Yeah. Like, this card is crazy. Because EDH is just full of, like, huge game-breaking... Instance and sorcery stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like not just do you get to do him, use his ability, you get to reoccurring, reoccur it with Felden like yeah, once he's dead as many times as you want.
1: Oh gosh, yeah,
2: it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's just really powerful. It does everything you want to do, especially because Red can't really counter that much. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of maybe like. I don't know, power blasting a blue spell, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, you true. don't want to run. Fork. Forks the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, forks the yeah. the best way to do it. And dual caster mage is like a, a redundant way of doing it that you can recur with Felden specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so really cool. I like this guy a lot. Yeah, and I think they've been talking about him as like
2: powerful enough to maybe play in Legacy and oh some other yeah, Eternal format. happening. Maps, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, the last one we've talked about before. I'll hit it really quick though because it is amazing. Is Chaos Warp
1: It's only ever been
2: printed in Commander. So uh, and
1: it for it is great.
2: It's great. Um, every red deck pretty much needs to have this. Yeah. Uh, mono red, anyway. It's a uh, tuner red for an instant. The owner of target permanent shuffles, shuffles it into his or her library, then reveals the top card of the library. And if it's a permanent, puts it into play.
1: Right. Second part, not as important because... A it, lot of times it's a land. It's rare. It, even if it doesn't become something you want it to be, it's going to be probably better for you. It's not going to be their commander, it's not, probably. Yeah, It's, it's going to be better for you than whatever you sent into their grid, their yeah. library.
2: I, I mean... You're literally playing this because the thing is going to kill you or severely hurt you. Yeah. And so the thing that they get, maybe it's a creature, maybe it's a land, maybe it's artifact, an artifact. Enchantment, whatever. It's just probably... It, the likelihood that it's a silver bullet against your deck is pretty low. Yeah, exactly. So, and this is a really good way to tuck somebody else's general, which is super powerful. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but red just can't do it except for this one card. Yeah. And
1: Chaos Warp is that card, so...
2: And you can dual caster mage it and do two things if you Holy want to. Holy
1: crap. Look at that. And it's target <laughs> permanent, too. That's yeah. the best thing. It's not non-land. You can address anything. So, Pretty all right. exciting. Well, let's on talk about the, the worst. On to the bad, bad, bad worst cards. Ruby Medallion. I'm interested. Why did you put Ruby Medallion Because there's
2: 37 on artifacts in the deck.
1: Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: these there's the Medallion Cycle. Uh-huh. And they're good in all the decks because the Medallion Cycle basically says... it, it it's There's one for each color, and it says... Spells of that color cost one uh, colorless less to cast, and they're really good. They're they're great in all the monocolored decks. Um, this deck is actually like more artifacts than it is red spells. Yeah. So you're playing a spell that reduces the casting cost by one of something like thirty five percent of your spells. It's just not worth it to me. Yeah. I, agree. I would rather have a mana rock, a Thron Dynamo. We talk about that card all the time. It should be on all these. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather have a lot of things than something that conditionally ramps me you know it's just not going to touch more than half of my spells yeah so
1: uh, yeah i don't i don't like it in this deck only in this deck exactly and i'd rather replace it with a card like cage sun or something that, oh yeah or that makes it makes you, more mana more mana or your makes yeah you're, yeah cage
2: so. sun effectively reduces the casting cost of your artifacts also because yes
1: yeah, yeah this just if you cast an artifact spell this does nothing for. does you. nothing yeah. yeah uh word of seizing uh, I, I I looked at this card when I was trying to make um, my my right? a deck. Yeah, it's a
2: it's a good card. It just doesn't fit in the It
1: Doesn't fit in the deck. It's three and two red for a threat and effect, um, as, which means you get to steal someone's creature. It's an instant with split second, so it's on the stack. You can't people can't counter it. Essentially, the uh, fact
2: that it's instant makes it slightly unique. It mm-hmm. makes it uh, a ray of command rather than a threat. because yeah.
1: threats usually cost like three mana and for a sorceries. sorcery speed. Yeah, yeah. So, so five mana, split second instant.
2: The good thing is like somebody can attack you with two creatures. You can steal one, untap it, block. block. It. Yeah. Block their own thing with their own thing and kill both sometimes. That's great and constructed. In our format, one for one is not... Or even 2 for one is just yeah. not
1: that great. If you're playing tokens, like, oh, I steal a token. Yeah, it doesn't Whoop. do
2: anything against like decks going wide. It doesn't yeah. really do anything against Voltron decks because you know they are usually not concerned. You can't block that thing.
1: Yeah, or they have hexproof, so...
2: Yeah, exactly. So you can't steal the thing attacking you and usually you can't steal another creature to block it. Yeah. And you're usually just not, like, one creature attacking away from killing everybody. Yeah. You know, so every once in a while, somebody's got a, what's that, Scourge of...
1: Uh, scourge of the Throne?
2: Yeah, and and if you took that, you get to a combat phase. And I'm yeah. not saying you could never use this card. I'm just saying it's just going to be lucky whether it does anything awesome or whether it does something that's sort of like wah, wah, wah.
1: Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And if you have not figured it out, you untap a target permanent and you gain control of it till end of the turn, and then it gains haste. Oh, yeah, so. sorry. We yeah, didn't expand the threatened part. Yeah.
2: You steal somebody's stuff for one turn. The instant thing is what makes it better than normal, but yeah, it's just yeah. not doing anything this deck cares about. Yep. Uh, the next card I'm not really in love with, or we're not really in love with, is Bitter Feud. Yeah. It's four and a red for an enchantment. Th- it seems interesting. This might go in my chaos deck. As Bitter <laughs> Feud enters the battlefield, choose two players. If a source controlled by one of those players would deal damage to the other, or a permanent Either player controls that source deals damage double that damage instead, so it basically doubles any damage anything they're doing does yeah. to the other guy's stuff. It's, it's
1: like Gisela a little bit. It's an
2: interesting card because what it's trying to do is is create enemies out of two players. Yeah, you know, it's creating
1: a bitter feud. Yeah, as the card would tell you.
2: Yeah, it's 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 like okay, I'm gonna incite these two to attack each other because they basically get double the effect anytime they do anything to each other. Mm-hmm. What this is really gonna do is be is make people because it's not subtle. Yeah, it's so not they're gonna be like, "Hey, all. jerk! I know what you're trying to do. Let's both kill that guy." Yeah, and they'll, exactly. They'll be like, "You're creating unlikely allies." Yeah. Out of these
1: two people instead.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's just gonna happen a lot of the time. I just think it's too yeah. obvious. It's too like, it's just not a yeah, subtle card. It's too card. on the nose, huh? It just isn't likely to work all that often. Uh, and again, it's not doing anything that the deck really cares about. It yeah. I, basically, if it doesn't have to do with artifacts in some way or enter the battlefield effects. I just would take it out of this deck. Like, this deck yeah. is very streamlined, as the one it wants to do,
1: and, you know, trimming fat like this is, you know, one of the ways to make it just even better. Definitely. Insight Rebellion, four and two red for a sorcery. For each player, Insight Rebellion deals damage to that player and each creature that player controls equal to the number of creatures he or she controls. It's good against token decks. Sort of. It's sort sorcery. Of. If yeah. it was
2: instant. Now, Rakdos Charm is good against tokens. Yep, decks I was just going to say Rakdos Charm. It's instant in it, so they go. I play hundred tokens, and usually they have something, so they have haste, mm-hmm. so you can go in response, kill them right then. This oh, card kill a lo- you right then, yeah, kill kill the player. I mean, yeah. right then, yeah. This card a lot of times they're gonna you're gonna be waiting for it. You're gonna be like, I have this card, and as oh, soon I can't as, wait to drop this bomb, yeah, and and they're gonna
1: go infinite with kiki-jiki and i'm gonna wait nope sorcery doesn't help me yeah or like oh someone board wiped i guess this card is dead in my hand yeah because i mean like here's the thing it'll do one damage to everybody and one damage to all the creatures yeah like, and not to mention it'll also do it to yourself so it it, it is even more conditional because of that yeah uh, yeah. don't like it don't like it don't like it and it's expensive i'd rather be casting something totally sweet at that point you know what i mean totally all right, okay. let's talk about some cards you might add. My favorite part uh because I just I, I can't wait. Also we did can't of course build this deck. Yeah, we did a key uh we did a kiki jiki deck breakdown, so you can go ahead and check out that podcast. Let's
2: talk about that really quick. They they they're outside of our $5 rule, so mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not for everybody, but Kiki, oh, yeah, jiki kiki and himself. Splinter Twin, both. Yeah. Uh, really good in this deck because you're going to be stacking a lot of enter the battlefield and leave the battlefield effects. Mm-hmm. And those both take advantage of both of those things. Yep. So just copying Solemn Simulacrum is like pretty great. Pretty great. So, and Worm coil Engine, pretty great. Like those cards just fit right in with what the deck wants to do. Now they're expensive, yeah. you know, they're $20 plus or whatever. So you don't have to have those cards to make this deck quite a bit better. I'm just saying if you do or you want to go get them, they're really good choices. Yeah. Okay.
1: And Kiki can be your commander as well.
2: Right Although I think, shoot, Kiki's always good as your commander. I was <laughs> going to say, I think Felden's be better Kiki. in this deck, but I don't
1: know if he is. Felden's better in this deck, I think, because you're. it's specifically about binning artifacts. Kiki doesn't care about what's in your graveyard. Kiki there doesn't There are want-
2: some... In some ways, it is more powerful to be able to copy something in your graveyard, mm-hmm. um, just because that's where an opponent tries to send something to, to sort of... Yeah, like and all. in general,
1: it's a lot less touchable than something on your battlefield. Yeah, I
2: mean, is. not that people don't run graveyard hate, it's but they run a lot more battlefield hate than yeah. they do graveyard hate. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, you want to read the first one? Uh, or, you go for it. It's your choice. Okay. Uh, copper Gnomes. They're cute. They're cute. It's uh, two mana for a 1-1 one, one artifact creature. It says, pay four, sacrifice Copper Gnomes, choose an artifact card in your hand, and put it into play.
1: Cheating. Cheating stuff into play. It's always good. Not to mention this guy can come back and do it again next turn.
2: Yep, because you can just felden him, and yep. then felden's ready. Do whatever you want. Yep, or uh, yeah, it's just cheating stuff into play. Cheating stuff into play. Yeah. Always awesome. nice
1: utility. Um, helps you get something also out uh, way earlier.
2: I mean, if you just put a dark steel colossus into play on turn four. Light steel mean, either. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. yeah
1: sorry, Blightsteel steel colossus into play on turn four.
2: Um, you win. Yeah, it's just really no hard that early in the game for. I mean, you're at least killing somebody. Yeah, you're definitely killing. You're probably somebody. killing two people, so maybe the third guy could figure out an answer by the time. Yeah, you know, or maybe he's just shaking in the corner. Don't kill me, <laughs> Don't do it,
0: please.
1: <laughs> uh, my card: uh, Krark Clan Ironworks, four-drop artifact, sacrifice an artifact, add two to your mana pool. Yep. So you can sacrifice itself as well. Um, this is just a great way to also excel. Do the same thing, getting stuff out for cheaper. Ramp, ramp, ramp. Um, especially if you don't really care if the artifact needs to be there or not. You know, in fact, a lot of times you would rather it was in the graveyard. So mm-hmm. this is a good way to get
2: things there. You know, that happens in funnily enough with decks like this, where it's just like you have a general and it affects things in the graveyard, and you're like, man, I just need something to get my cards into that graveyard so I can use them with my general. Yeah. So that's exactly. A, this is you get you not only do that, but you get an upside, which is two more mana. Yeah. Um, um, Astronaut's
1: Altar is a similar along those lines. It only works for creatures, yeah. but... Well, you've got ways to make creatures in this yeah. deck, too, which is nice, because I think every deck actually has token abilities, which is uh-huh. kind of cool.
2: Oh, yeah. You've got Mirror Battlesphere. You've got Warm Coil Engine. You've mm-hmm. got guys that make go- Goblins. Or assembly or yeah. whatever. Yeah. so yeah. you can make a lot of tokens, make a lot of mana... Put out huge broken things.
1: Yeah. All right, Scarecrow and three-drop Artifact Creature Scarecrow. I don't know how many Scarecrows there are in the Magic Universe. (laughs) It's a one-two. You can pay one to sacrifice a Scarecrow draw a card, or you can pay four and tap uh, the card to return target Artifact Creature card from your graveyard to play. Seems good. Seems good. Yep. Lots of utility. You can uh, Felden him back out and return another guy back out with him. You can return himself out with his self.
2: <laughs> return himself out with himself, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's some English for you guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a card I like called Mycosynth Lattice. Oh,
1: yeah, it's, this guy's great. It's an
2: interesting card. It's uh, six mana for an artifact. It says all permanents are artifacts in addition to their other types. Hmm. All cards that aren't in play, spells, and permanents are colorless. Players may spend mana as though it were mana of any color. So what this does is it turns everybody's stuff and the cards in their library and the cards in their hand into artifacts. Yep. So you have all these cards that affect artifacts, and now you can affect all this stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to touch anything that says destroy an artifact or swap an artifact or any of that stuff like goblin welder becomes godly
1: yeah oh my gosh because now you can affect everyone's board
2: yeah and you can just swap their best stuff for whatever the worst thing in their graveyard is like all the time like it's it's a it's a really good card in this deck um and you might be running some artifact removal stuff because you already have another card in the deck called liquid Metal liquid metal coating right which turns one thing into an artifact but this turns everything everything yeah i mean Cards in the library, and artifacts, It's pretty crazy. <laughs>
1: Everyone's uh, deck is yeah. pretty insane. Um, I also like Mind six drop, legendary artifact, tap oh, four yeah. and tap it, sacrifice Mindslaver. you control target players next turn.
2: And the fact that you can recur it with Felden
1: is broken. I just broken. keep doing it. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'll take your next turn. Oh, I'll take your next turn. Your next turn. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll take your next. turn.
1: I think turn. Mindslaver is best in EDH when you're able to bring it back, and this deck gives you so it's many. It's best options. in Modern when you're allowed, when you're able to bring it back. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's
2: just using it once. Can sometimes win the game, but using it three or four times almost always wins the game. Yeah,
1: exactly. You can just create so much havoc as well across the table. You can just attack stupidly, block stupidly,
2: you yeah. know, do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, a card I thought people may not consider, and uh, I don't know if it's amazing, but I just wanted to put it on there because I love this card and it mm-hmm. might be good, is Molten Psyche. Ah. And we talked about it before for the Nekusar deck. It basically makes everybody discard their hand and draw that many cards. Yeah. But if you have Metalcraft, which means you have three graveyards in, or three artifacts in play, which you will, yep, um, then everybody takes as damage equal to the amount of cards they've drawn that turn.
1: Right. So you can just pump it up and have them take a lot.
2: And you have Dual Caster Mage mm-hmm. already in the deck, and you're probably going to want to put Fork and some things like that in there. You can really make people take, you know, all of a sudden take 22 damage from this one card. Right. So, it's, um, and then be forced to
1: discard all those cards. And it's a
2: card draw card for you. And yeah. you know this this red is just that's one of their biggest weaknesses is card draw. And red and white definitely
1: red's version of
2: card draw is usually wheel of time or um, wheel of fortune type stuff. Mm-hmm. So and molten psyche is a wheel of fortune type effect. So. It, it covers you in a few areas. I would look at
1: that card. I'm not guaranteeing it's awesome in the deck, but think yeah. about it. Well, that's why I like Memory Jar for oh, the yeah. same very reason. Yep. Uh, Five-drop artifact. Sac- tap it to sacrifice it. Each player sets aside his or her hand face down and draws seven cards. At end of the turn, each player discards his or her hand and returns to his or her hand each card he or she set aside this way. It's doing a lot of things the deck wants. It's doing an artifact.
2: It's going to the graveyard. It's also making you draw cards and then discard them and yeah. putting more cards in the graveyard that you
1: can use with Felden. And the best thing is is you do this on your turn. Yep. And everyone pretty much, they draw seven fresh cards that they can't really do anything with. They Hopefully, can only play their instance, and they really can only play their instance that they have mana for right now. Yeah. Hopefully they bin like crappy artifacts so you can goblin wall. <laughs> yeah, why not? Too, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the fact that you can recurrent. Uh, Red just needs card draw. This is a way to get a bunch of cards in your hand and then just dish them out again. Um, another
2: card I like dark steel forge, ah, yes, it makes all of your artifacts indestructible
1: very important,
2: super important because then you can do crazy stuff like Navinuel's disc every turn.
1: oh yeah, holy crap, that's insane, yeah, or Jocko hops. don't say that word to me, Joo hops. Don't say that word to me. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want that word in my life. Don't say
2: that. That's just, if you go deep with Darksteel Forge and you can figure out some t- ways to tutor and find effects like that make uh-huh. all your stuff uh, indestructible, there's just powerful things you can do with that. And also just having your Wormcoil engines be indestructible. Like, you can still sacrifice them on your own, but yeah. But then all the tokens are indestructible. Like, Darksteel Forge can get pretty crazy.
1: It can get pretty wonky and yeah. crazy. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I have a rules question. Mm-hmm. If you flicker something when it comes back into the battlefield, does it have something sickness? Yes. Gotcha. So yeah. you have to be, have a hastemaker. I was but you're in red. Yeah, if there's just some way to, to, yeah, to flicker uh, Felden a bunch, mm-hmm. that way you could just keep popping untap- new stuff out. And-
2: well, there's a lot of artifacts that untap creatures mm-hmm. uh, or untap creatures with a tap ability, right. which he has with an activated ability. So look those up. I think that's totally. They are artifacts also, oh, so great. they're great in your deck. And being able to use Felden twice in a turn is pretty crazy. powerful. Yeah, I think dual caster mage with Felden being used twice in a turn can Ugh. be game winning because yeah, you can just if one of your how often is one other player casting a spell that's gonna win them the game? But you go well instead of that, I'm gonna cast that spell three times. Yeah, and now I you know now you not only do you not win, you just made me win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think dual caster mage is super powerful and wait can you does felden grab spells though no felden grabs dual caster mage oh right that's right from your graveyard yeah, then you untap yeah, him yeah. use gotcha. him again in the same turn cast another dual caster mage untap him use him again cast another, another dual, dual, dual caster mage, yeah. copy something two three times Jeez. somebody goes oh i'm gonna take two extra turns i'll take six <laughs> Like that that's the kind of thing pretty sure you win. Yeah. I think having a, a way to untap um Felden a couple of times is, is really strong in this deck. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. So um yeah, that's a good that's a good start. yeah.
1: Uh, get the mana rocks in there, get your good loaduses and Thrand Get Danimus. Some card draw, mind's eye, stuff like that because yep.
2: also like winds of change, um right, uh wheel of fortune type of effects for
1: card draw are good too. Yeah. And uh this deck looks amazing. Yeah. I think this deck has the. It starts off with some of the strongest cards, and also has the ability to become the strongest. Yeah, through some. It's tweaks. definitely the highest value too, as far as what yeah. the, what the cards themselves are worth.
2: So yeah, you know if that matters to you, that's a good reason to go after mm-hmm. it too. Yeah, I have Steel a feeling Hell we're Hell gonna kite. see in this red deck
1: a lot. I want more Steel Hellkites. Steel Hellkite. We didn't talk about it. That's another just crazy card. Look it up. It's. It's great. Yeah. You can. I mean, have you ever had an opponent that has like four enchantments that are all just busted? They all, and they all cost three? Yeah. <laughs>
2: they always all cost three.
1: Yeah. No, or yeah, you have had that
2: opponent. It was me. Yeah. Sometimes you play Steel Hellkite and you can literally just shut somebody out. You just mm-hmm.
1: uh, destroy all your stuff and then. Which just to the like, next what's guy. the one thing I want to kill the most? Okay, those. I'm going to pay that much mana. Yep.
2: And Sorry. a lot of times it's only three mana and then just boom.
1: Yep. You got no board state. Hey, at least Felden can bring it back too if it dies. That's true. <laughs> yeah get some haste enablers in there too hammer perforos and those kind of things yeah oh felden gives
2: haste to the thing he makes though true so just like kiki but yeah i think haste is important for a lot of reasons anger yeah you want to be able to cast felden later and use him right away too so yeah definitely anger is a gimme yeah i'd say yeah um okay that's it those are
1: the next two we're going to go over mono blue which is the last one Mm -hmm. on uh, the next episode and then we're going to play all these decks as well next Tuesday and see how they do out of the box. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. We're,
2: we're not going to change them like we've been talking about. We're actually just going to take them out of the box, mm-hmm. get five people, and just
1: play one game. Hopefully, we can have some new perspectives on some cards that we either th- work the way that we thought they did or didn't. Um, and we'll see. And we'll try and bring in Craig as well because he is our Mono Blue expert. He has two Mono Blue EDH decks. Uh, let's not talk about those. Two either. among
2: his like, 40 EDH decks. Yeah. Uh, I call Red. Fine. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just kidding, dude. You can have it. I thought you, you would want blue of all the colors. <laughs> you, you I was just like, how
1: <laughs> dare you? You know, the thing is I play red so much, I really wouldn't care if I played something else, but I call red. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. Your face was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you caught me out. You caught me out. I had no idea that was coming. Uh, Good check play, Check out the Josh.
2: MMCast, Masters of Modern, That's our right. sister podcast. Uh, talked about a lot. Glenn's not on there
1: anymore, but... Um, Alex has found a new co-host, yep. in Benjamin Bateman, who is also on Top Decking, and uh, he's been around for a long time. He's played a lot of Magic. He knows what's up as well. Yeah, so check that out,
2: yeah. and uh, we will see you guys
1: next time. Take care. Peace.
2: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com, or ask us on Twitter at JF wong and at Josh Lee Quai.
0: See you later.
2: Alligator. Greetings, human <laughs> <laughs>